Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Preacher's Corner. I'm Pastor Jay, and today we're going to be diving into Luke chapter number two as we continue the Advent narrative from the Gospel of Luke. And of course, we're going to have to do some connection with Matthew at this point in chapter two as we consider the exodus of Mary and Joseph leaving their town there in Nazareth of Galilee and heading down to Bethlehem of Judea, which is where actually both of their lineages come from, but but where on the side of Joseph, his lineage is recognized under under King David as being connected. So, they depart for an enrollment. Now, this is one of the really cool places in Scripture that has generated a lot of heat uh, over the the years as concerning this Cyrenius, which, by the way, is also, uh, depending on how it is written, Corinius. So I'm going to be taking you between the book of Luke, the book of Acts, Acts chapter number 5 in specific, where you're going to see the name Corinius doing a, a taxation. And <laughs> here we have the name Cyrenius, that is uh, doing a taxation. Of course, then we have the term first made. We understand from, from the writing that was done in Greek that this was a first enrollment that, that the peoples would have opportunity in their travels and journeys to be able to get back to the homelands where they were supposed to be so that in the years preceding, that there could be an, an, a second taxation, which would be the complete taxation for the people. Uh, but in their taxations, also they're doing consensuses. They're, they're doing census checks. And so they're discovering what the major pockets of people and, and what tribe they're from, who they're coming from, because obviously Judah is the tribe that is meant for, well, meant to produce the kings of, of Israel. And so everybody in Rome wants to keep track of that particular tribe. But not seeing this one tribe above any other, they'll just mess with them all equally. <laughs> really friendly folks. But we're going to get into some uh, nitty-gritty details. Uh, I'll bring out some of the studies that I've done in uh, language studies of Greek and and what they reveal, all these kinds of stuff today as we talk about this taxation so that we understand that where are, whereas there are many people who are trying to discredit the Bible, they're trying to say, no, the Bible's wrong, the Bible's in error on these dates and this place and the situations that, that are at hand, and so you can't trust the Bible, you can't trust the Bible with Jesus, you can't trust the Bible with, with Genesis, you can't trust the Bible at all, so God doesn't exist. And that's, that's ultimately the great push <clears throat> that these people are, are trying to get through. And so, just with a little bit of study, and that, that's the key, that's why you'll find in 2 Timothy chapter number 2 and verse number 15, it says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman does not need to be ashamed when he's rightly dividing the word of truth. And, and the point being is that it just takes a little bit of study. It just takes a little bit of, of digging into words and digging into phrases to, to find out if there be a case to be made against this Irenaeus. And, and honestly speaking, I mean, after, after hours of, of reading into this, 
uh, the information that I wanted to share with you, I found in five minutes. <laughs> you know, when you're, when you're studying, it's not like you're going to be some some professor locked up in a classroom or a, a dusty old library for days on end trying to come to the conclusion of a matter. I mean, literally, uh, with the advancements of technology that we have in our society today, though I did spend uh, several hours digging through different things, looking at different accounts, listening to different people, uh, the, the, like I say, the information I wanted to share with you, found it in five minutes. So hang out with me today and let's take a look at this while we still carry on with our narrative of the advent of Christ. Father, we are grateful for your blessing today. We thank you for the opportunities that you give us to know you better, to study your word, and that the Holy Spirit would reveal things to us that we needed to know, that we needed to hear we pray that we will receive them, and as we begin this week, Lord, that we begin it with joy in our hearts, just praising you and thanking you for this blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we carry on, we're going to read down, I believe, the first seven verses of Luke chapter number two, dealing with the birth of Jesus, and the scripture goes forward as such. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was at the house in the lineage of David. And he went to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. <clears throat> and so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in a swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Yes, the very, very, very familiar section of scripture that this would be recognized, that there was no room for them to end. And boy, are we going to talk about that in here before too long because we get this idea when we read the scriptures about this in that there was, say, Best Western there in Bethlehem or that there was Holiday Inn or, or Holiday Inn Express. I mean, you know, how many hotels could Bethlehem possibly hold? Well, I used to think that, but then when when uh, the oil field explosion hit back in 2008 in in the area there in Minot and and all the way over to Williston you know what used to be small towns that that might have had one hotel maybe two one on the south end one on the north end <clears throat> all of a sudden became 15 different hotels but the interesting thing about it is when we see the end, the first thing that pops into our head is a hotel to begin with. And the reality of, of what, what Bethlehem was, the reality of Joseph and Mary and their entering into Bethlehem is, is the fact that they were just houses. They, they weren't high-rise hotels. They, they were people's houses. And as, as travelers would come through and and, and would need a place for lodging that night, they, they wouldn't go to a particular uh, location that was recognized as a hotel or an inn and 
that they would they would you know talk to the bellhop to carry their bags and 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 go into the front desk and get a room no they would they would knock on a person's door of their house and the custom of a people would be to receive the strangers or those who needed lodging for that night if they they had an available room so the inn would be would be neighbors they would be uh, people's houses and of course <clears throat> with this mass exodus that's happening people are traveling to bethlehem from all over the known world because they are taxed well at least the known world as concerning all over the roman world i, I should say it that way because the gauls to the northwest could not be ruled by rome and so that was our well most of our ancestors that that would have been the germans and that would have been the scandinavians and and the britons and the that you know those guys that rome just could not get a handle on those guys <laughs> and they just ended up giving up that northwest territory <clears throat> which i personally think is absolutely fantastic and so we're talking about the known roman world and we understand that that augustus is is he who came in in fact the 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 line of caesars because rome originally was established as a senate as a, a a working body of leadership and then augustus comes in and the the reign of the emperors or as was well the caesars would come in with him because he he is a very popular leader uh, even even the senate and 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 those <clears throat> would would honor him to elevate him to this title of emperor and so the the line of the caesars come in with augustus and and he carries this i mean all the way through the the, the biblical era all the way up to to such crazy people like vespasian and 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 nutballs like like oh my goodness tiberius and and uh, Titus and all these guys that that did such a destructive work uh, through these period, and so I I just well oh, the the Caesars, but nevertheless, Augustus is the beginning, and and he puts out these these censuses, he puts out these taxations. One because of course Rome is going to. Uh, devour everything within its path and so the taxation is meant for the glory of rome and for its coffers but it's also a means by which it can control a people and keep in mind that that rome now encompasses much of the the middle east uh, world and is trying its dead level best to go over into the west to try and conquer the west and so it's constantly having to keep track of the peoples that come into its realm and it's constantly having to to keep an idea of where they are and what they're doing and so you have this scenario where he he puts out this this enrollment he puts out this first installment here that that the people are supposed to be going to which is why joseph and mary are headed on a 70 mile trip from nazareth of galilee down to bethlehem but there are tons of people who are heading from journeys much shorter in distance than Joseph and Mary that also have to get to Bethlehem. So by the time that Joseph and Mary 
uh, make it to Bethlehem, that you, you've got a situation where the, all of the, the homes that, that would have extra room for weary travelers who are coming in, they're all full. So, you know, when we get to this position of, of Joseph and, and Mary coming into Bethlehem as they're visiting from house to house and they're knocking on doors and they're seeking for a room to be able to stay in, everyone in Bethlehem has already been inundated by all of these people who, who have showed up because of this taxation that Augustus would, would call for. So it's important to understand that when we're dealing with an inn, we're not dealing with going to the Best Western, or we're not dealing with going to the Days Inn as it was. You're dealing with going to neighbors' houses who have empty rooms or spare rooms that they can make a place for you to stay with them at that time. And so we have uh, in verse number one, it came to pass in those days that that decree that gone out from Caesar Augustus, everyone's going to be taxed, yea, taxation. And we move down and it gives us this very specific, and this is the thing about Luke, which is different from the rest of the Gospels, is that Luke being written so much after Matthew, after Mark, he, he's got a, a lot more of information that's that he's able to plug in to the events that have already been spoken of in the past two Gospels. And so with Luke, you're finding that, that he's plugging in very specific details because he's trying to set you to a stage of, of time really as to when things happen how things happen and so he plugs this little piece in and in verse number two it says in parentheses by the way and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria now <clears throat> very exciting information that I've pulled down and I want to read this for you I've got it on a on another device here <clears throat> as the first enrollment is what this is called this is coming to you from an excerpt which i had gotten from robertson's word pictures uh, which is really exciting because i'm dealing with the language and and the way it is being written as we see it in english we're seeing that Cyrenius was was governor of syria we're thinking that he that it was at a period of time where he was governor when in fact during the during the records that would be given of the taxation of this is that Cyrenius was indeed coming from syria but that he was not the governor at that particular time but we do discover that at the time of the completion of the of the taxation which actually happens 14 years later from this first enrollment which would be the second enrollment taxation that would be the completion of a census that Serenius indeed was governor of Syria and so when you when you receive the writing of of this gospel from Luke is is written from the position of Serenius already being the governor of Syria but that he gives him this title as concerning the first enrollment when he in fact was working for 
the the, the current governor. So <clears throat> this is what I've received from Robertson's word picture. It says the first enrollment. A definite allusion by Luke to a series of censuses instituted by Augustus, the second of which is mentioned by him, by Luke, in Acts chapter number 5 and verse number 37. This, this second one is described by Josephus, who is a Jewish historian who had written much, even as concerning uh, the period of time of life of Je Jesus, and has a very detailed account uh, as being a Jew, but a very detailed account of the sufferings of Jesus, of the, the trial of Jesus, the death of Jesus on the cross of Calvary, and the, the uh, information that was going around about the potential resurrection of Jesus, even, is all, all documented in the works of Josephus. So, very important historian during this period of time. It says, the second census is one described by Josephus, and it was supposed by some that Luke confused the two. But Ramsey has shown that a periodical 14-year census in Egypt is given in dated papyri back to A.D. 20. The one in Acts chapter number 5, verse 37, would then be at 6 A.D., and this is in the time of Augustus. The first would then be at B.C. 8, or before Christ's birth, 8, in Egypt. If it was delayed a couple of years in Palestine by Herod the Great for obvious reasons, that would make the birth of Christ about B.C. 6, which agrees with the other known data for the birth of Christ. <clears throat> and when Cyrenius, Cyrenius is, an, is a really exciting name uh, because of the way that it can be seen as written in Greek. It can be written with a, a C or a Q, which carries the same sound and which would, would have a similar letter structure in Greek, as I understand. So when we see Cyrenius, which is the way that I would say it in English because of how I see that it is written, it's actually Chi or Kyrenius here in Luke 2, which when you see it in Acts chapter number 5, you see it spelt with a Q, so you automatically pull in that Q-U sound of Ka, and Kyrenius is his name. So here again, Luke has been attacked on the grounds that Quirinius was only governor of Syria once, and that was during A.D. 6, which is shown by Josephus. But Ramsey has proven by inscriptions that Quirinius was twice in Syria and that Luke is correct here also. In other words, that, that Quirinius carried two governorships. The first time would be during this first enrollment as he would be a governor, and then he was replaced as governor and, and, and moved apart from that position, but then had been brought back in as governor. And so he fulfilled the role twice uh, in, in Syria as, as under Augustus at that point. So 
really exciting. I, I just encourage you guys, dig into the Word of God. Get into the studies of it. There's plenty of information. There's there's all kind of historians. There's Now, understanding, you start digging into to all of these different commentaries. You have to be prepared uh, of what you're going to get because there's just as many people who are trying to say that it didn't happen as there is as many people trying to say that it did happen. So you have to be very uh, careful in your reading, very careful in your studies, because oftentimes those people who are trying to refute or disprove an event of the Bible to try and generate a, a doubt or a disputation with the Bible usually end up... Uh, trying to disprove it by by smearing it in in many ways which often will fall apart in their arguments so you really have to be very careful uh, with with the information that you are digging through but praise god that's all a part of study and i would encourage you to dig because every time i have just as you have seen every time i've dug into studies of the word of god it's always come back with a validation that that every single word of the Bible is truth. Every single word. People, well, man wrote the Bible. Yeah, you know what? That's because I don't understand the language of whales. Okay, I I just I still haven't figured out how dolphins are talking to me, even though dolphins know exactly what they're saying to each other. Of course, man was used as the instrument to bring forth God's word into man's heart because we, for lack of a better term, understand each other. It's our language we can grasp. And so God used us as instruments to bring forth his truth into our hearts through us, and that's very important to receive and understand. But nevertheless, it comes directly from God, and so the Word of God in this Advent narrative, just the same, is fully trustworthy and fully capable of transforming even the hardest of hearts if you just let Him in. And so, it goes down to verse number 3, and it says, "...all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city." And so, of course... Every city is going to be packed full of people because folks by this point of time, no doubt, have had a pretty good spread. They've, they've come into being conquered, and as places get conquered, people get taken captive and, and, and taken to other locations, and, and they have to build a life in these other locations uh, uh, spread out all over the known world. And then the Augustus says, Now I want everybody to go back to their hometown. Oh dear. And so Joseph went up uh, from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, there in verse number four, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was a house and lineage of Bethlehem. Now, you understand from the Gospel of Matthew, this is how Matthew ties in, because some of the things that we did not talk about right here uh, were already taken care of in the first chapter of Luke and in the first and second chapters of of uh, Matthew, but that this would have been about the the period of time just before verse number four, where you have the situation with Mary, you have the situation with Joseph, with Zechariah and Elizabeth. Now, Mary leaving Galilee for the period of time that she was with Elizabeth, that she would, you know, bring forth John, which, by the way, is in the hillside of 
Judea, so she would have been closer to Jerusalem during that period of time, which, by the way, is a five or six day journey for her. So she was down there, and then she heads back up to, to Galilee. Of course, she's six months pregnant by the time she shows back up in Galilee. And you know all of the debacle of, of what to do with her as concerning Joseph, thinking about putting her away privately, and, and, and the, the town wondering if Joseph is going to make her a public example. Some people getting their rocks ready. Some people, uh, you know, lots of gossip, lots of things, lots of turmoil happening up in the northern regions there in Nazareth. And, of course, we know that Joseph received a dream from, from Gabriel. He speaks to him, says, Take unto you, Mary, your wife. He, he accepts her. He takes her. And at this point, Augustus says, I want everybody in their hometowns. I want a census. I want taxation. And so, Quirinius, as it was, he puts out the word. Uh, and, and so, Joseph has to go to Bethlehem. Now, Joseph is taking Mary with him to Bethlehem because a part of the taxation is uh, about the, the, the people in your household. So Joseph couldn't just say, Mary, stay back here at home and until you're delivered and with you delivered with child and everything. I'll come up and I'll receive you guys and then I'll bring you down. Uh, it doesn't work that way. He has to be recognized for, for all of the properties, possessions, and or family members that, that he would have. And so Mary doesn't have a choice. Of course, God knows this <laughs> you you know god has orchestrated all of these beautiful things but now mary has to go with joseph because in the taxation everything must be evaluated by rome it must be seen and and be able to be ticked off and so joseph has to load up mary his wife and uh, being great with their child and and hope for the best really Certainly, with with the dealings of Rome at this point, you've got all of, all of these these people in in transit, in motion. That it's going to be a situation where you 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 you've got robbers, you've got thieves, you've got you've got all these different challenges for her being nine months pregnant, and ready to pop. Uh, you know the the just the rocks and the motion and the bouncing and the I mean just a nightmare and you've got 70 miles to traverse on this journey so needless to say I mean it's just a it's a very tough situation of course the Bible doesn't provide all of the side information all of the ideas that that exist i mean and and not false ideas certainly when i'm talking about the pregnancy of mary many of many women connect right with that they understand the pain they understand the challenges of having to walk any distances the 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 difficulties of 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 carrying this child they understand that if they were in a in a in a buggy being pulled or in a cart being pulled by a donkey that the donkey isn't going to think oh those are rocks maybe i should avoid them just go right over them and you're getting bounced all over the place I mean nightmare things of nightmares and of course riding on the back of a donkey would be even more of a nightmare because of the the motion and and the uneven oh boy so you you, you get this idea at this 
point of the suffering of Mary, of Jesus in her womb, of the challenges of Joseph loving Mary, not wanting her to suffer, not wanting her to to go through this, and, and for Joseph keeping a constant eye out for people trying to steal stuff, for people trying to rob them. I mean, just, mm, and all of this to go be taxed and be dealt with in the such a fashion of Rome. <laughs> oh, man. And so it was, uh, verse number six, that while they were there, so this is dealing the situation of actually making it into, into the, the place of, of Bethlehem. They, they had finally made it. He said, while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son. Now, you understand this as well, is that uh, oftentimes we see the scene, and, and again, I talk about this, we build our thinking of the events of the Bible off of rather uh, Advent narratives that we have read in books uh, called the Nativity, and or you know we deal with with the situation of movies that that we have watched that have given us an advent narrative when we see Joseph shows up into town and and all of the people are are bustling and bustling and, and and just immediately they're going house to house they're trying to find a place there was no place for them and of course this this one fella usually has either a barn or has an area where there's a cave on his you know on the side of his property and and that's where he keeps his animals and he says well I do have this barn or this stable like it was in the in the nativity which is a movie well we got to keep in mind that 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 is artistic license that is uh, people trying to present an idea of how these things happen from the writings that they have from the Bible, but that isn't necessarily the way things happen. And so we need to utilize the Word of God to be the guide of our heart to help us process the, the things that are that are seen from the writing, not utilizing movies to, to interject those things to the Word of God. It's, it's the main point. And the scripture actually says here, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. But before that, between those commas there, it says, while they were there. So the, the reality is, is that when they show up in Bethlehem, it, it's not that she's just going to deliver the very day or the very evening that they show up in Bethlehem. Having come into Bethlehem, there, there is a possibility, as the writing would show us, that while they were there, the days were accomplished. So as they got to Bethlehem, there could have been a, a, even up to a week. There is more time than just we showed up and she popped. There is there is that time that exists is given to us in these words. While they were there, the days were accomplished. So she she come into her full pregnancy. She's gone into full dilation. She's ready to go. But they they arriving. They're trying to find this place. Now it certainly could have happened at the time that they did arrive. As as she is moaning and and the pain is building at this point that that Joseph's just going around to, to the the houses as frantically as he could to try and find a place for her to be able to rest. 
but they also could have gotten there in a day later uh, after trying to find a place for them and couldn't find a place for them that, that this is the end result. So we've got to keep that in mind that as while they were there. Of course, we understand from the connection of Matthew that the whole events of, of Jesus coming into the world. And so he does, in verse number 7, says, She brought forth, forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Very exciting part about the, the swaddling clothes uh, the swaddling clothes were trappings. They would they would take uh, the the fabric. They would cut it into strips. They would wrap the baby into in the strips, almost kind of like being buried as <laughs> being born, which is really exciting because those swaddling clothes they do come back uh, at the end of Jesus's death as they prepared his body to lay him in the tomb. They didn't have time for the spices. They just had to wrap him. Uh, to be able to get him into the tomb before the time of, of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And so the very same concept of the swaddling clothes that she would wrap him in to, at his birth is the exact same type of, of wrappings that he would have been covered in at his death. And so this isn't the first time that you'll find these swaddling clothes. And that's pretty sweet, isn't it? And thus Jesus came into the world. Now, indeed, it's the firstborn son of Mary. It's the only begotten son of the Father. And it's the firstborn son of Mary. But no mention of Joseph, because that wasn't Joseph's. <laughs> now, keeping in mind that Joseph was responsible before God to raise his son as, as a man. That was God's plan all along. But he didn't belong to Joseph. He belonged to God. Now we're dealing with uh, some of the aspects at, uh, after the birth of Christ where we take off uh, this section in Luke chapter 2 would be at a section at the birth of Christ before Matthew chapter number 2 with the wise men coming in. So whereas you meet the wise men in Matthew, you, you meet the shepherds in Luke. And so that we understand the shepherds in the, in the hillside watching their flocks by night. Of course, we have all kinds of songs about this, don't we? And, and that they be near the area of Bethlehem, that they be the first people on the scene to be able to discover the Son of God. The wise men don't show up until these guys are already in a house, until, until Mary and Joseph and, and Jesus, they're already in a house established in Bethlehem. So understand, there's a great deal of difference in timeline between when the shepherds show up and when the wise men show up. And the reason why I bring this up is because just about every Advent uh, nativity scene that you see, rather parked out in front of a church or rather parked out in front of a person's home, or, or maybe you've got a miniature nativity scene that's sitting there in, in your house, <clears throat> they, they try to incorporate all the characters of Christmas, but the problem is they incorporate them all together. So they have... 
the the shepherds on on one side with Mary and Joseph in a little manger, and then Jesus maybe Mary's holding Jesus, or Jesus is in the manger, regardless. And so Mary and Joseph are there, and then you'll have shepherds that are there with some animals around on on the left side, and then you'll have the wise men sitting there kneeling down before Jesus on the right side. You'll have angels up on top and whatever. whatever. You, you got all of these characters of Christmas piled together. But the problem is, is that that people begin to think that it, that it all happened in one moment. And the Bible just reveals that that's not the case at all. Indeed, it shows us as we begin to get into this that the shepherds do show up uh, right then at the birth of Jesus while they are in that major scene. But again, in Matthew 2, those wise men, they didn't show up until well after Jesus was already a toddler sitting on his mom's lap. Uh, inside of a house that is established there in Jerusalem. So it, it's kind of important, it's really kind of important for us to, to understand this reality, to, to come to grips with what the Bible is, is giving to us. And so we're going to have a reading of this just to get it in our heart here, and then we're going to go over this tomorrow in detail. But the scripture goes from verse number 8 down to verse number 21 in chapter 2. And the scripture says, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the fields, watching, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Do not fear, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child, all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named uh, of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. There are so many things that we're going to be able to get into the, with this uh, particular section of Scripture tomorrow. It's really going to be a pretty exciting time. So definitely want to encourage you to catch up with me as concerning the shepherds and the angels uh, and and what does precede this, which which are, or come after this rather, which is Jesus being presented at the temple, dealing with Anna, dealing with... with uh, uh, Simeon and uh, a lot of the awesome things, just 
an awesome time. So let us turn to the Lord in prayer, thanking Him for a beautiful day today. Thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day that you have given us. Thank you for the Word of God that you have revealed to us. Thank you for the blessing of being able to gather together on the corner. And Lord, just continue to bless us as we study through this Advent time. In Jesus' name and for sake, amen. Well, guys, God bless you, keep you, cause His face to shine upon you. I'll catch you tomorrow for the shepherds and the angels. Y'all take care.